You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Janine Bitson, joined by my co-host. Brad Gray. <laughs> nice to have you this morning, <laughs> you too, I tell you. I just love these mornings with Brad. Um, it is great. But we love it. But before we head into our next segment, uh, we want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. There you can listen to programming from your local area, Find a podcast if you, you know, if you missed one from earlier this week or even today, one of the ones today, you can go and listen to that podcast. You can submit a prayer intention, nominate your favorite priest for donuts, and much, much more. So be sure to check it out, realpresenceradio.com. Awesome. Well, we are excited now to move into our next segment, and we are joined by Deacon Pat and Brenda Breen. Good morning to you both. Good, Good morning. morning, Brad. Good morning, Janine. Good morning. Thanks for being on with us, guys. Um, oh, you're pleasure. welcome. So let's let's start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourselves. So we'll start with ladies first. Brenda, you tell us a little oh, bit about yourself. Okay. I grew up on a farm north of Grand Forks um, by Pesic, North Dakota. Mm. I'm the youngest of nine. We were raised Catholic. And then um, after I graduated from high school, I moved to Fargo, went to college here, and then I met Pat, and we got married and have seven children. Excellent. All right, how about you, Pat? Deacon Pat? Well, a little bit similar, but a different location. So I, uh, I grew up in Hillsboro. I'm the, the second oldest of, of eight children. Had very strong Catholic parents, a good uh, upbringing. Um, I graduated in 79, came down to NDSU, um, and uh, my last year there, I was a peer minister at the, the Newman Center. And as Brenda said, we, uh, we were married uh, 36 years ago, mm. June 1st of 84. Mm-hmm. That's and, fantastic. Um, yeah. And, and I, I currently work at NDSU in the Career Center. I had 28 years prior to that in, uh, at uh, a couple businesses here in town doing IT work. Mm. Awesome. Well, we're we're glad to have you part of the Bison family. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, the, the uh, 2020 here has had its share of frustrations and disappointments and heartache and all of that. But for you guys, 2020 has been kind of uniquely awesome in some respects. Uh, most recently, uh, back in October, can you tell us a little bit about that, Pat? Sure. So um, after after many years of formation. Um, uh, God blessed me with ordination to the permanent diaconate on October 31st, and um, and so it's been it's been such a blessing for me um, and and for those that uh, I'm able to serve uh, that that I was ordained and actually the day after I was ordained I I jumped right in and we had our grandson out in Bismarck Solanus Michael Breen mm. I I baptized him so wow. just the day awesome. after my ordination so. <laughs> How about that How cool is that Oh yeah. I bet Sam was just thrilled Oh yeah yeah we had the whole family there too Sister Mary came back from New York and she was able to be for my ordination and for Solanus's uh, baptism as well. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, Pat, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to the diaconate? You talked about the day and stuff, but mm-hmm. how, what was the call? You know, tell us when you first felt that call to look into it. Sure. 
So I would say it, it started back when I was in junior high. I'd, I'd had a, I felt drawn to look into the priesthood. Um, and so uh, throughout my junior high years and even high school, uh, I, I felt you know, drawn towards, towards uh, the clergy. Um, and, but then, and then I went to college and I, I became a part of the search community. Uh, and, a, and also I was involved with, uh, and I have been since, uh, retreat down in the cities, the Montreville. So I've been going there for quite a few years. That drew me even closer to God, and, and I just felt the calling. And then, um, and then Brenda and I met on, in search at, at a search weekend, um, 1983. And um, so the priesthood was out of the question at that point because it was done. <laughs> I, I was so in love with, with Brenda. Um, she just has such a deep faith and so, so family-centered. I'd been in relationships before, but I knew that that— that this one was going to be it. And three mm. months later, after we met, we were engaged. Wow, awesome. So, and from the beginning of our marriage, uh, we, we faith has always been a big part of our marriage. And we even talked about the possibility of the diaconate down the road. And so as, as time went on, we had our, our seven children, and, you know, God would just throw a few little winks in here, give, you know, uh, you know kind of, let me know that he's not done with me yet. Mm-hmm. And um, so it came in the form of uh, Monsignor Gross was the, the priest at uh, St. Santa Joachim, and he kind of encouraged me to, to look into the diaconate. And uh, the first thing at that time, a prerequisite, was to take uh, EPS, which is mm-hmm. Education for Parish Services. And it, the timing just wasn't right with all the young children, and eventually, Brent and I did join EPS. That was four years of formation. Um, and through that, we drew closer and closer to God um, in our daily Mass. Brenda started going to daily Mass. I started going to daily Mass. I kind of I followed her. She was, she was my spiritual uh, advisor there at times. And then we had Eucharistic Adoration, which Monsignor Gross introduced at St. Santa Joachim. And um, again, the Montreal had a big play in that. And Deacon Eblen, who was um, at that mm-hmm. time was in, in charge of the EPS, mm-hmm. he encouraged me to to um, try to, to to apply to discern into the diaconate. So that's really um, really where where it, it started and kind of flowed. Well, that that is just really a, a wonderful testimony to how how God led you, you know, mm-hmm. with that call and, yeah. and the things that you've done and, and doing them as a couple. Um, Brenda, yep. uh, how has this journey changed your life in the way you view your Catholic faith? Well, I, you know, it's helped me to, um, how do I say it, increase my patience mm. with, um, I would always jump in to say something right away instead of sitting back and trying to think about what I'm saying, think maybe about what God would like me to say. Um, One of the things that Monsignor Schlesemann really stressed throughout our um, formation was, have you asked Jesus about that? Mm -hmm. Have you asked him what he's going to think about it? Mm -hmm. How does he he want you to respond? How does he want you? And I never had really thought about it. I mean, it's in the back of your mind, but never physically sat down and said, "Okay, Jesus, what do you? What is your plan for the day? 
what do you want me to, where do you want me to fit into this day? And that's kind of where I'm still working on it. You know, Pat mm-hmm. talks about um, where his journey has gone, but, uh, you know, God is, he talks about God wasn't done with him then. He still isn't done with Pat and me. Right. And we still have a lot to learn. We've gone through like nine years. EPS was four years. Wow. Um, diaconate formation was five years. And I still don't feel like I know enough. I'd like to learn more. And I guess um, Pat's mom always used to say this too: when you're when you get going into your Catholic faith, it makes you hungry, mm-hmm. and you want more and more and more. And I don't think you know throughout our lives and even into the next life, I don't think we will be done with wanting more from God. Amen. Yeah, that that's such a, a good statement that you just made, observation. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're all on pilgrimage. You know, this is yeah. our, our pilgrimage on earth, and and quite possibly for most of us, there'll be that pilgrimage in purgatory right. where we're still mm-hmm. learning and growing. And then, of course, in the final destination as a com- in the communion of saints. So it's, it is something that God just wants us to strive and learn. And as in our right. opening prayer, we, this intentionality, this desire, this disposition to, to grow closer in relationship is so important for all of us. Yeah. I, I, right. I, I love what you said there, Brenda, about how, like really once you develop a taste for the faith, your appetite yeah. becomes insatiable. Like you just, right. you can't get enough, right? Yeah. Right. The other thing that's really helped me to grow, too, has been the Blessed Mother, and both Pat and I, my devotion to the Blessed Mother, even as of late, mm-hmm. um, we both have um, re-consecrated ourselves again through this last um, 33 days and have come to our um, consecration day as mm-hmm. of today. Wow. And so, I mean, we've done, we did the consecration many years ago. But I like to renew it, and this year I asked Pat if we if we could do it together, and we have. And it just has really, I don't know, these last few days even have helped me to yeah. grow closer to her. And it's the journey thing is a day-by-day thing. Yeah. And how yeah. cool that, that your uh, consecration date is the Feast of Juan Diego. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. That's very you know, cool. Brenda talks about the devo- her devotion to the Blessed Mother, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't have that devotion up until um, about a month and a half ago. Hmm. Um, one of the requirements is that we take a, we make a canonical retreat, a five day silent canonical retreat, and it was there that I I I, I reached out to the Blessed Mother, and and I, I have such a great devotion to her now. She she revealed herself to me in a way, in such a loving and caring, motherly way. Mm-hmm. And I've, it's something I've, I've struggled with for many years, but it's, it's God in His, his greatness, His goodness, um, that he, he gave that gift to me prior to my ordination. And it was something that was I, I struggled with. It's like, how can I become a deacon without that devotion to our Blessed Mother? And He gave it to mm, me. Beautiful. And he, He's so yeah. gracious. Awesome. Well, I want to. I love what you guys are sharing. We're gonna unfortunately have to step away away for just a minute yeah. or two. But on the sure. other side of this break, let's let's continue this conversation about you know, how the Lord has been leading you and what you've discovered throughout this process. So, Absolutely. we're gonna just take a minute or two, and then we'll be back with more Real Presence Live after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, 
and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Have you ever worried about someone's salvation, especially one who died by suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Sometimes the state of their soul seems to cause us fear for their eternal fate. They die in what seems to be a hopeless state of sin and unrepentance. However, Jesus says in 1698 of the Diary of St. Faustina that what looks hopeless to us is in fact not so. He says that many times the soul illuminated by a ray of his final grace turns to him in the last moment to receive complete forgiveness of all sin and punishment, although we see no external signs of this. Wow! We can see why Jesus said that divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And we have a great story of faith and hope going on right now. We're speaking with Deacon Pat and Brenda Breen about their journey um, toward uh, diaconate formation, ordination back this, this past October. Um, guys, it's just been really cool to hear about how the Lord has been leading you really for, for years. And, um, mm-hmm. and I'm curious. So the, the way the diaconate uh, formation works in the Diocese of Fargo is it's once every five years a new class starts up. And, um, and so this, the, your class, Deacon Pat, just was ordained here in October, the end of October. Uh, and you had five years of preparation prior to that. How long before that had you really discerned that I'm called to to formation for the diaconate, and um, was that something that both of you? I mean, it sounds like you guys were both enthusiastic about learning more. But was this something that just kind of came up real shortly before the new class started up, or how how long were you guys anticipating this? Oh, honey, you know you you can jump in here too. But I would say you know for me, it we we talked about it even in our early years of our marriage mm-hmm. that it would be a possibility, yeah. but it was something that God would have to, he would have to show us, you know, give us signs, give us, draw us towards it. And it was, how he did it was just beautiful. Um, so it wasn't right before, you know, it was, it was probably, you know, it's probably been 30 years since we, since we, 35 years probably since we started talking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with your young family, you can see why, you know, that, 
God knew that timing wasn't quite right. And, and now mm-hmm. you have your, your youngest. Is she a senior in high school now? She's a junior. She's a junior. junior. Yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah. Where did yeah. that yeah. time go? But, yeah. yeah, it's just like God's timing is always perfect, right? And uh, right. and he knew the struggles on your heart uh, to make that jump, and um, but made sure that door stayed open. So, speaking yep. of struggles, though, what were some of the biggest struggles that you had? Uh, Brenda, why don't you go first and answer this? <laughs> uh, what kind of struggles, you know, it can't be all Within rosy. Within the diaconate? Yeah. Well, well just okay, preparing so, for it and, yeah. Right. So, what happens is when you go into the classes, um, the academic part, and Pat can speak to this, too, the academic part takes a lot of time hmm. and a lot of energy and when you get a little bit older going to school kind of is in the back of your mind and so you're not always thinking about how do I study how do I make you know time to study how do I do that and so with Pat having to go through those kinds of things I had to be a more in the background and yes I would study with him and whatnot but I had to take more of the role of, okay, who's going to get the dishes done while you're studying? Mm. Who's going to do all the... So more of taking care of the household things, mm-hmm. which we prior would do together. And, and like I just like, I would mow the grass. I would do the, I would do the snow. Thank heavens we don't have snow this year. So I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but um, those kinds of things are... And then the devil likes to get in there and say, well... You know, your husband is going to be the one that's going to get all the things, you know, mm-hmm. all the glory and do this and whatnot. And you're you're really not involved. You're not. And so that was a struggle for me. Sure. Being, well, he it, it worked together well, though, working with the other deacon candidates and their wives. When we talked yeah. about things, that was helpful. Mm-hmm. We all realized that we were all in the same boat. Oh, well... He's getting this, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. So it's the whole pride thing. Yeah, and and you know, it's it's um, even though this is deacon and deacon wife, you know that can happen even in marriages. You know, if you've got oh, sure. the the man supporting oh, yeah. the family and the homemaker at home, and yeah. you know, yeah. so these are these are all natural, yeah. normal emotions that can happen. And I'm curious, Brenda. You know, so. I, I totally get where you can, that that temptation, that struggle comes from. But clearly, in in marriage, when God calls one of us, He's calling both of us, right? So right, the, right. the Lord has um, clearly His design has been for blessing for you too. So how is that? How some? What are some of the joys? What are some of the, the positive the way that you feel like you've been enriched uh, through this process, this journey into the diaconate? You know, it's funny. The day that he was ordained, I was going through a major, mm-hmm. major spiritual battle. Hmm. And it was it was really interesting after he was ordained that was just kind of um, set aside, and there was a peace that settled in mm. that um, I tell you what the blessings that I get every day mm. are quite amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's uh, the struggles always lead to bigger joys. They just right. do and if it, you it, let Jesus take care of them. Right, and it's a joy beyond words. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. You know, you talk about the struggles and how that leads to joy. 
you know, yeah, Brenda, she was unbelievable. The the, the self sacrifice that she made while I was studying and 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 um, and writing papers and whatnot. But our marriage is far and beyond what it's ever been in, in mm. joy. Um, we've, you know, um, this this past two years, especially two three years during the uh, during the candidacy. We've grown so close together because God has has been the center of our of our marriage, and he, he has been before, but not. We haven't we haven't allowed him to really work through us as he has in the past years and even beyond. So uh, the joys from from this are, you know, Brenda mentioned the struggles, the academic formation, and the classes I took: sacred scripture, moral theology, dogmatic theology, liturgical theology, catechism. Canon law, social teaching, Christendom, sacramental theology, all of those, a lot of work. Those were our struggles. That was also our joy, too, because (laughs) to be able to go to the depth that we have been able to, and we haven't even scratched the surface of our Catholic faith, the depth and the breadth of of everything, just it's, it's exciting. It gives such hope for you know anybody who wants to pursue. They don't even have to be a deacon. Mm-hmm. Anybody can go to that depth. It's it's just a, a beautiful, beautiful experience. And I think you know the like you said the the depth and the deeper and deeper you go, the more you realize what needs to be done. You know, the more that right. you mm-hmm. see the. Uh, the things in society that are missing the point, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right, right. And and it can be really overwhelming, um, and and maybe bring struggles. But then yet it's also can be so exciting, you know, the right. opportunity, the the incredible Absolutely. opportunity that God has given us. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Deacon Pat, what are what are some of the things that you think? Not everyone knows about the journey to the diaconate. I mean, and it can be either the process of, you know, the the um, discernment, the formation, mm-hmm. or even just the life of of being a deacon. You know, like things that that people might not be aware of that you've been been experiencing. Yeah, you know, I think part of the part of the, what people may not understand is a deacon. It you know, I, I keep getting asked, "What does a deacon do?" Well, that's Monsignor Schlesman say it's not what a deacon does, it's it's who he is. And out of who he is, how God forms us through the formation, What uh, who he is, that determines, you know, the service that he provides. And it's all about the acronym, about service to others, evangelizing others. And, and and so it's it's not what we do it's 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 who we are and that's that's true with anybody too not just the deacon but it focuses that in the diaconate and you know when we talk about evangelizing that goes back to also to who we who who we are as a person um, we evangelizing sometimes we get scared of that you know standing out on the street corner you mm-hmm. know preaching well no it's it's how we lead our lives um, you know, in 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 communion with God, and people see that and they want that. They get hungry for that. So that's how evangelization can happen. It's by l- the way we live our lives and we treat people and we love them. That makes it attractive to others. Sure. So it's that's one thing. Um, also, I, I hear from some men that are contemplating uh, the diaconate. It's not me who chooses to be a deacon. That. And, and Monsignor Schlesselman made that very apparent too, and the formation team did. It's not me who chooses; God chooses me, and I. It's my openness to that choice. So 
So yeah. um, it, it, it's not something you sign up for and, and you know, you get a certificate. It's, it's, it's God asking you to serve mm-hmm. in that way. And we, every, every, every person has a way that they, they're being asked to serve God in the church. And mm-hmm. that's just, I've been blessed with this. Yeah, yeah, it equates to Mary's yes and the incarnation and mm-hmm. and your yeah. yes mm-hmm. in, in serving God's people. Right. It's it's all about humble service. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Humility is a good thing and, and God provided that for me uh, many steps along the way just when I needed it throughout the formation. And he does that to us in our life too, just being open to and wanting that humility. Yeah, you know, praying, that's, a, that's a key word there, that humility. Praying, thing. The, lit, praying the litany of humility yes. really is a mm-hmm. very helpful step. Mm-hmm. It's yes. also a scary thing to take. So, Yep. Be, be, God, will, God will answer prayers that he wants us to pray, and that's one he wants us to pray. And he answers it with... Uh, with both, you know, with both guns coming at you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talk about intentionality and serving and the litany of humility. Yep. Uh, yeah. Boy, mm-hmm. that that should actually be the probably the number two or three, <laughs> but it should <laughs> yeah. be on there. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank thank you guys so much for being with us this morning. It's just You're been welcome. a joy to hear uh, your story, your your journey into the diaconate. It's uh, certainly inspiring. And sure. thank you, well, thank you so much for welcome. saying yes. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, it's it's a great pleasure. All right. Well, we're going to have to step away, but uh, coming okay. up next, uh, would you call your family life a liturgy? Dr. Greg and Lisa Popcheck would, and they'll explain why in our next interview on Real Presence Live right after this break. Mm-hmm. 